Hello and welcome to Master Your Coaching Biz, a podcast for rising coaches and entrepreneurs who want to design the life of their dreams and make a massive impact on the world while building an inspired, successful, and profitable business. I'm your host, Cheryl Thacker, Master Board Certified Coach, trainer, ICF Mentor Coach, international speaker, and founder of Successful Coaches Enterprise. I believe that every coach has a unique gift to present to the world, and I'm humbled that I've had the opportunity to work with hundreds of coaches and entrepreneurs on their journey to mastering their business. Join me each week as we explore all things coaching to master your business with tools, techniques, and strategies to create and market your products, get visible, make an impact, and grow your business. Listen in on interviews with leading coaches and entrepreneurs sharing their stories and best tips to teach, inspire, and empower you. Observe coaching sessions, participate in Q&A, and learn how to master your mindset to enhance your coaching skills. Are you ready to build the life and business of your dreams while doing what you love? Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome to today's podcast episode. And I'm so excited. We have Henriette Danell with us today. And she is a strategic business coach. And she's going to talk to us about some uh, different strategies to help us get clients. And um, welcome, Henriette. I'm very excited that you're here to join us today. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate it, Cheryl. It's a great privilege to be here. I'm looking forward to sharing some good stuff with everyone. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about how you got into um, business coaching. Yes. Well, I always joke and say I was plucked from the bush because originally I'm actually from South Africa and I came from such a small town. You know, there was literally growing up, there was one traffic light and it was always green um, and it was a pedestrian crossing. But I mean, that is just ridiculous because in the bush, nobody crosses with a pedestrian crossing. You just cross wherever you want in the road. So that's <laughs> how small my town was. But for me, it was always the prospect of I didn't want to stay small. I wanted to expand. I wanted to go out, venture across the countries, travel, you know, just discover where it is that I wanted to go. That quickly led me into the UK where I am now. And I've worked actually for 15 years in the interior design industry. And I mean, I've had an amazing job. I loved it. I got to walk on yachts in the south of France and Italy. I got to stroll down corridors of mansions and palaces, travel to China, Hong Kong. So I absolutely loved my job. The difference is I quickly reached the ceiling where I couldn't go very much further in the corporate, um, corporate world. So I thought, do I go and find another job, prove myself all over again? Again, hitting a corporate ceiling there, or do I go and do something really daring and crazy and start my own business? At that moment, that felt a little bit more like, this is the thing, I need some competition, I need to do something really wacky. Um, so I started venturing down the route of what can I do to create a business? And I wanted to have something that was online based, I didn't want to go into an office. I wanted to work from home. And to be very honest, I just got a puppy at that point. So the puppy for me was everything. I wanted to work from home. Um, so that was my, my main motivation at that point. And, um, and that naturally just kind of grew into coaching. And I think I quickly discovered while working as a project manager in the interior design industry, what my skills and my strengths were. Mm -hmm. And I was very good. Well, I'm still very good at taking anything that's complicated, taking problems, 
dissecting it and then putting it back together in such a way that it's just easy for people to understand and then to take action on. And because I knew I had that as a skill, I thought, oh, well, that kind of makes sense, you know, because I can use that as a business coach to help other people with their businesses. And I started my business along the side, things took off. And I said to my husband, this is it. I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to go full time into my business. And here I am four years on and I'm thinking that is still the best decision I've ever made in my life. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. I love it. Um, What, speaking of, what were some of the fears that you had when you, when you first did it? And when we can look back and we say, oh, great decision. But when you were in it, what, you know, what was going on for you there? Yeah, I think the hardest thing for me was that day when I decided I'm going to quit my job because I already started my business as a side hustle because I thought, let's be not crazy about this. I'm not going to quit my job and go full time to something. I don't even know if it's going to work out. So I started my business and ran it for about two years along the side, grow it, develop it. And then that's where I really fell in love with it. And I thought, this is it. And I clearly remember it It was one Christmas, my husband and I were driving to some um, friends in France and it was pouring down, it was cold, it was rainy. And I said to my husband, I think I'm going to quit my job. Now, thankfully, he's a very good driver. He didn't flip the car at that moment. And he just held onto the steering wheel and said, okay, if that is your decision, are you sure you're going to do this? I said, yes, I've literally made a list today. I've looked at all the pros and all the cons of what I need to do in order to start my business. And you know what? All the pros, it completely outweighs all the cons. And all the cons, anyway, I think I've got a solution for each and every one of those on the list. So I think I'm covered. I'm going to do this. And that was it. But that decision still, when I had to go back into the office in that new year, talk to my boss and say, I'm quitting my job. Mm. That was still hard for me. But as soon as I said it, biggest relief. I am so glad I got it out there. So yes, I think that decision, you don't take it lightly. But you do need to do your own homework and you do need to weigh up the pros and the cons before you just go out there and say, I quit my job. I'm doing this full time. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, Once you quit, did you have any self-doubts or um, mindset issues? Yes, loads. Oh, my gosh. I remember they came at one point in the first year in particular And I was struggling. I don't know why, because, you know, while I was working full time, I guess I had that stability, the financial stability. So I wasn't worried about getting clients. So naturally, I was attracting more clients. And then as soon as I quit my job, that financial stability got swept out right from under my feet. And now I was like forcing it. Now I knew I had to get clients. And obviously what I did is the wrong energy went out. So I didn't attract clients. And I struggled. Mindset, self-doubt everything just started going the opposite way of what I thought it would go. And up to a point where I said to my husband, maybe I just need to go and ask my job back. And bless him, he's been so supportive. He was like, no, you've come this far. You're going to see this through. It's going to happen. And that's where I started doing some work on my mindset. And I started working with a coach and it was the best decision I've ever made because everything flipped and everything just went in a different direction. And I'm so glad that I've worked with a coach because if it wasn't for her at that moment in time, I might've actually gone back to my old job. Yeah, that's, and I think that every, every new coach has that point where they're like the energy, like where, what is my energy right now? Mm-hmm. And we, we tend to put out that like harried, uh, gotta get clients. I don't know what I'm going to do energy. And that just does not attract people. Um, so yeah, we do need to work on our mindset as well as, you know, the regular kind of business strategies and, um, 
systems and all, you know, all, all, all that, that comes with creating a business. But I think the mindset's really important in that, in those first stages, at least when you're, you know, going out on your own. Oh yes, definitely. Without a doubt. Awesome. So tell me, um, you lit, you've lived in a few places. Let's, let's just entice everybody because, you know, a big part of going into business for ourselves is to have the freedom to do what we want to do. So tell us a little bit about that. Okay. So, um, I, I just, just to refer, just to get clarity, are you talking about different places like traveling or are you talking about different places within the business? Yeah, both. (laughs) Like you, you've had a, you've had a good experience with traveling in general, right? Yeah, no, definitely. I think, you know, like I said, coming from a small town, it was, I, the first time I went on an airplane, I was 18 years old. And that's when I went to the US. I got an amazing opportunity to go and work as a nanny for 13 months right there in North Carolina. So that was the biggest opportunity. And that taught me a big lesson from the get-go saying, never say no to opportunities. And it's still my motto today because everything happens when there's opportunities. It's not money that makes things happen, I'm sorry. Money is just a tool, but opportunities make things happen in business and in life. So that was one of the biggest lessons. And that's where I realized like when you take on opportunities, you can do anything. So I started going out, you know, traveling. Um, I went to uh, Hong Kong, I went to China, I went all over Europe, ended up obviously in London. But for me in particular, it just showed that you can do what it is that you want to achieve, but you've just got to go for it. You've got to look for those opportunities. And if you can't find opportunities, create your own. I mean, there's nothing wrong with creating your own opportunities. And that has also been something that I took into business. So starting my business, for me, it was about moving around, having the freedom to do what I wanted to do. And this is something that I'm very proud of because I wanted to go into business and start a business where I had the freedom to create my own opportunities. I always heard people say, oh, you've got to go and find speaking events and speaking gigs and you've got to go and see um, and get featured here and do this for visibility. And I was like, but I can do that myself. Go and get a podcast. And I was like, but I can start my own podcast. You know, I can do all of those things. So it's always about thinking, not going and finding the opportunities, but thinking, what if I create these opportunities myself? And I think that has been the success of my business and you know, even life in general is be open to possibilities, be open to opportunities. And if you really want something badly and you can't find that or you don't think that opportunity is coming your way, create it. It's, yeah. gonna, it's gonna visualize, it's gonna evolve into something amazing, but don't let anything stop you, just go for it. I love that. I really do. <laughs> it's important to create our own opportunities. I mean, I, I firmly believe looking for opportunities is good as well, but I think if it's not easily found, then yeah, you create yeah. your own and then also create your own anyway with your own energy and your own ideas yeah. and they complement. and they work together to help us to grow individually and then also to grow our business. So exactly. I do love that. Um, okay. So that kind of brings us to, um, what you're going to help our audience with today is for strategies to attract more clients, which is always difficult when, uh, coaches first start out. Well, I, I don't say it's just when they start out, but that's the, I think the most important time. Uh, and then we kind of grow into things as we get a little bit more seasoned, but, um, yeah. So can you share with us those four strategies? Yeah, absolutely. Let me let me share something first with everybody here, because when we talk about client attraction, everyone's like, oh, my gosh, yes, yes. What else do I need to do? Hold on a minute. 
If you ever walked into your kitchen one morning, slap your hands together and decided, right, today's the day. I'm going to put a turkey in the oven. I'm going to bake a cake. I'm going to make a pot of curry. You know what? Let's make some pancakes and make an apple pie while I'm at it. And I'll do it all in the kitchen all this morning. Well, let's be honest. You're not going to do that in your kitchen, right? That is just mayhem. The ingredients, the mess it's going to create. And heavens know if any one of those recipes would actually turn out edible at the end of the day at the same time <laughs> mess yeah. but here's the thing we do that in business when it comes to business and when it comes to all of these things of what we can do to get more clients we need to do everything that is not the case okay you don't need to do everything you just need to find that one recipe that you're really good at that you love because you know you're going to have great results at the end of the day and use that one recipe and you do it over and over again the more you use the recipe, the better you get at it. Up until a point, you put it in the drawer. You don't even need to look at it again, but you know you're going to get the results from it each and every time. And that's what I do when it comes to client attraction. And that's what I want to share here with you today. It's not about doing everything. It's about taking these four strategies, just implementing them and making life easy for yourself. Get rid of the overwhelm. <laughs> Everything is simple. You're just complicating it for yourself. So I want to start off first with the first strategy, which is the most obvious one. The first strategy is your visibility strategy. When we look at visibility, the first thing people think about social media. Yes, that is one element, but there's more to it. So if you think of a pyramid, at the bottom of that pyramid is your website. Easy to create a website these days, or you get somebody to do it for you, right? Mm -hmm. So for us, we're very lucky in today's world where we have technology to quickly get a website together. The problem is so many people go and create a website and then hide behind that website, hoping and praying that people will find them. That's not going to happen. But the next step up on the, on the pyramid, social media. So social media came along, made it a lot easier for us to have a bigger reach, to connect with more people and become more visible. The problem here is, again, people are trying to be everywhere. And especially if you're a solo entrepreneur, especially if you're just starting out in business, don't do that. Don't try and be everywhere. You can just exhaust yourself and you're not going to have any results from it. So I always suggest just choose one or two platforms where you enjoy being, but equally where your clients will be hanging out. So don't complicate matters for, you, for yourself when it comes to social media. Just decide on one or two platforms to be visible consistently. Then the next step up on that pyramid is public speaking and being featured. Now, public speaking has changed over some time. It's not just where you stand in front of a big crowd. You know, what we're doing here is public speaking. When you go on a Facebook Live, that's public speaking. So at the end of the day, what are you doing to be really more visible by speaking to a crowd? And also, what are you doing by speaking in front of other crowds, i.e. being featured, whether it's podcasts, YouTube shows, um, in magazines, etc. What are you doing to get put in front of other audiences? And then at the pinnacle of that pyramid is awards. You need to go out there as a business owner to apply for awards because that's going to give you amazing credibility for who you are and what you're doing. And in addition, it's going to give you great PR um, possibilities and opportunities, which is what we spoke about earlier. So if you look at the visibility in that pyramid form, it becomes so much easier to kind of think, where am I now? Where do I want to go? and take one thing one step at a time instead of trying to do everything. It's gonna make your life so much easier, but at the same time, it's gonna help you with consistency, which is what you need to do. Yeah, awesome. So um, I definitely 
get the website thing. Like it's people think, okay, I have a website. That's my storefront. That's where all my business should come in. And, you know, in a perfect world, that would be great. (laughs) That would probably work, but it doesn't. And we have to drive people to the website and then also that visibility piece. So I, I, I understand that completely. And I, and I love that you talked about, um, you know, speaking in general, because speaking, like you said, can be a podcast. It can be a Facebook live. It can be a workshop that you contribute to, or, you know, a seminar or whatever. It can be a, a bunch of things, a webinar that you do online. Um, but I find it interesting about the awards. Um, I'm actually a big proponent about getting awards and getting noticed in that way, because I feel like it adds another level of credibility to us. And, but I've not had many people talk about that. So um, maybe what would be one thing, one tip that you would give to help people really uh, explore that, that strategy of, of getting awards? Oh my gosh, I can give 20 tips, but <laughs> let's let's start first with awards. If you want to apply for awards, okay, um, what you need to do is at least have a good record for about a year, because when you go out to apply for awards, people are going to look at what you have achieved in a year, basically, and there's a bunch of questions they're going to ask you. They're going to want to know about your business. They're going to want to know, possibly even some places ask about your financial um uh, details, you know, what is your revenue? What is your gross profit, etc.? And um, what are what are your achievements? You know, those are kind of things that people are going to ask. So when you apply for awards, this is the time to really tell your story and be proud and really, you know, brag a little bit about who you are and what you're doing in your business. So before applying for any rewards, uh, any awards, all what you got to do is really sit down and get your story together sit down and figure out, tell the story. How would you tell the story of who you are in your business and get everything prepared beforehand? Because once you've got that content, you can go and apply for as many awards as you want, okay? Um, But it's about that story. That story needs to wow judges. And that's what you want. But you also want to do it from an authentic point of view. So always, always be authentic when you apply for awards. Uh, Awards. I don't know why I keep saying rewards. (laughs) It is rewarding, trust me. Um, And then the other tip I want to say is be careful as well. When you go and apply for awards, go and look at how they are qualifying finalists. Is it one of those where they get the more votes you get? you then obviously win an award, or is it where there's a panel of judges? My preference is go and apply for awards where there's panels of judges, because these people are actually reading your content. It's not based on the numbers, because you know people with a big audience, they can win anything because they can get the most votes. <laughs> but if you go and apply for awards where there are a panel of judges, you know that there's a lot of fairness there, and people are actually reading your story. So you've got a better chance of having a real authentic award if you do become one of the finalists or the award winner. So that is my tip that I would like to say, do your homework beforehand and when applying for awards, look at their terms and conditions and how they are judging you. I like that. Great. All right. So that was, that was amazing. Um, What would be your next? Yes. So the next strategy is your attraction strategy. Your attraction strategies is very much your content, the content that you are putting out there. And here's the thing, we always talk about quality over quantity, right? 
The type of content that you're putting out there needs to speak to your audience. So how are you creating that content? And in what format are you laying it out so you attract people to you? And it's always about attraction, uh, attracting clients or attracting potential leads. So you need to go and think clearly about what kind of content you are creating and how consistent you are with those content. And here's the thing. Again, it comes back down to not doing everything. There are so many ways to put content out there, including social media. But if you think about your platform, where are you keeping your content? Remember, social media is not a platform. It's not your platform. So if you do it in a blog form or if you do it in a podcast or in videos or even just through your email list, those are your platforms that you can control. Now, you don't have to do everything. As an example, I'm not a big blogging fan, okay? I can't sit for hours and blog. That is just not my thing. But I love talking, and my husband will completely agree if he's here. Um, <laughs> that's why I've got my podcast. So my content is going out to my audience through my podcast. But it all comes back down to what I call the three C's. If you have clarity as to what content you want to share with your audience to attract them, it's going to help you to become a lot more committed, which is the second C, because then once you're committed, you're going to do the work and you're going to become more consistent, which is the last C. So it's clarity, commitment and consistency. And once you have those three, you can go to town with it. You can put so much great content out there knowing that it's going to attract your audience. I like that. Yeah. Um, and I think that's important that you're selective. I think that yes. that just rings very true with me because it's easy to get on all the platforms, but it stretches yourself thin. It requires more of your time and energy and you're not focused in on a specific audience and you don't have the same um, engagement if you're all over the place versus choosing those those one or two or even three, because there's like enough difference that you could probably make that work. But yeah, I think anything more than that, when I see coaches like on all the platforms that, that, you know, they're, they're just stretched too thin and it doesn't, doesn't really work. So I, I agree with you totally there. Awesome. Thank you. So uh, what would be the next strategy? Okay. So the third strategy is your relationship strategy. Now, this is one of those things that people talk about, but people don't really zone in on it. Now, there's a great saying where uh, my mentor said to me, said, remember, people will only buy from you once they feel understood, not if you feel understood. And this is very important because you've got to have a strategy in place as to how you build a relationship with your audience or even with one prospecting client. It doesn't matter, but you have to have a strategy in place as to how you build a relationship with them. And it very much comes down to at the end of the day is to listen to people, not just talk. It's not just verbal communication. It's all about listening. What is the steps that you have in place to listen to your audience, to take what they have on board? And then at the same time, what I call the conversation to sell, how do you build a relationship and then sell whatever it is that you're offering as a service to that prospecting client without them feeling like I'm being pushed in a corner, I'm being sold to. The idea is of building a relationship with somebody is you lead them through a conversation where they can make an educated decision themselves to buy from you. And once they feel they can make an educated decision, they're not being pushed in a corner your conversion rates are going to be a lot higher. So the question comes down to what is your strategy to build relationships so that you can then have that conversation to sell? So we can go in a lot more into detail with that, but the onus is you've got to think about the relationships and how you build them. Yes, I agree. 
Um, and I talk about that myself with the master your coaching biz framework that I offer up. So that's definitely building those relationships and taking the lead, um, yes. leading the client through that conversation. And it's about giving value, but giving information so that they can make that educated, get, uh, educated decision. We don't want them guessing like, oh yeah, I guess it'll be good to work with you. And, you know, we want people that are firmly committed. They're the ones that are going to do the work. They're the ones that are going to follow through and they're going to be your, your biggest, biggest successes. So totally agree with that. And then you have a final strategy for us. Yes. So the last strategy is your transformation strategy. So your transformation strategy is really the package or the service that you're offering. So what I find very much people are getting so excited, especially as coaches, you know, we get so excited about helping clients, but we are not speaking with clarity about what it is that we're really offering our potential client. So what happens then is if we don't have clarity, we can't verbalize that to them. We can't tell them what it is that they're going to get. So very, very much in so many cases, I've seen people going, I'm not quite sure what I'm going to get here. And then they just decide not to work with you. So I always talk about taking your package, taking your service and making it so enticing with so much great value and verbalizing that to your potential client where they actually go like, oh my gosh, this, this is amazing, Cheryl. Yes, this is, this is really what I was looking for. When can I start working with you? So it's about really you having clarity, number one, what your services look like, but equally, how enticing are you making that and building that for your potential client for them to see this is a no-brainer, I need to work with Cheryl, sign me up. So your transformation strategy is about just looking at what you're offering and creating those enticing packages. But equally, like we said, with the relationship strategy, giving them the options to make an educated decision of what they want to do and what they want to work with you on. Yeah, that's, that's great advice, a great strategy. And we always want to make sure that, um, you know, when we're looking at that transformation, that we're, we have an ideal client in mind, right? And that we, we know what their pain points are. We know what their aspirations are because that's going to help us, first of all, to build a great program, but it's exactly. also going to help with the messaging and people understanding exactly what it is that you're offering. So yeah, yeah amazing. Exactly. Yeah, well, thank you so much. Those were awesome uh, strategies. Hopefully you guys have been taking notes. And um, so that we're kind of winding down to the end of the show. Um, Henriette, you have a, a free offer for the audience as well. Yes, yes. Tell us about that. Absolutely. So for anybody who wants to learn a little bit more about how to attract more clients, I've got a free resource guide. It's 30 resources on how to attract more clients. And I'm sure Cheryl's going to provide you the link as well. You can just go and download it. Look at some of the stuff. I'm sure you will notice some of them and go, yep, yep, done that. And there will be a couple there popping up and you go, like, oh, never thought about those. So there's just a lovely guide for you just to go and tick some boxes to make sure that you are doing everything you can to attract more clients. Awesome. So um, people can reach out to you at your website, which is henriettedonnell.com, right? Perfect. That's the one. And then what, what is the main social media uh, hangout for you? Oh, for me particularly, it's on LinkedIn. Um, I prefer to be there with my clients and there with my prospects and connections because it's just a nice platform to hang out and really talk some great business and client attraction. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being a guest and taking the time out to share your strategies with the audience. And guys, thanks for listening in again. Always a pleasure to come at you in this podcast and you can um, pick up the links and the free offer for Henriette in the show notes. 
And I'll see you again next week on our next episode. Thanks, guys. Have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for listening in today. I'm so glad we got to spend this time together. If you love today's show, please consider leaving me a review on the Apple Podcast app so other coaches can find the podcast. For more information about me, visit SuccessfulCoaches.com. For daily inspiration and affirmations, follow me on Instagram at Coach Cheryl Thacker. Be sure to send me a DM so I can say hello. Until next time, to your success.